Welcome to the Advisor Arena Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Malm and Josh Watson. This show is designed to share ideas and help you gain insight from some of your most successful peers. We will discuss industry news, hot topics, and challenges you may face, as well as give you some possible solutions. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. This is the Advisor Arena Podcast, and we've got Deirdre Van Nest on with us today from Crazy Good Talk. So Deirdre, welcome. Excited to have you today. Thank you, Jamie. I'm so excited to be here. So we're going to talk about something today that arguably I would say financial service professionals may be the worst offenders of. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> stepping away from the stats and the facts and the figures and the numbers and instead trying to create that emotional connection with their prospects and their clients, right? Yes. Yes. It's so critical, Jamie. And that's, is that how crazy good talks was born or tell me in your words, why you feel such a a passion to help people with this? Cause it's a big deal. It is a big deal. I'll tell you why in particular, I spend a lot of my time working in the financial services industry and why I love helping advisors. Um, Back in 1980, my mom and my dad uh, were getting all ready to go into Manhattan on a fancy date. And my mom turns to my dad and says, uh, honey, uh, Ray was his name, right? Ray, you know, I'm really looking forward to, uh, you know, going out tonight. You know that I've loved being home with the girls the last 10 years, but I want to talk with you about what I want to do for the rest of my life on the car way down, car ride down. So my dad's like, great, that, you know, that'll be awesome. I'm excited to hear because she was thinking about obviously going back to work. So they hop in a car about seven o'clock that night. My mom's driving. Um, They get to an intersection of a red light at a four lane highway. She turns off the radio, turns to my dad and says, I want to talk with you about what I want to do for the rest of my life. And at that point, the light turns green. She pulls the car into the intersection and they are immediately T-boned by another car running the red at 90 miles an hour. So she was killed. She was killed. Um, My dad uh, was thrown through the passenger side windshield, flew 60 feet in the air, landed on the other side of the four lane highway. And he was so far from the accident scene that they didn't even know he was in the accident. It wasn't until they were packing up to leave that one of the workers was like, "Um, what what's that pile of clothes doing on the other side of the highway? And that, that was his body, oh, but I know, I know. Um, thankfully due to divine intervention, heroic medical efforts, he lived, uh, he was out of work for a while in the hospital for a while, but he was able to come home and care for my sister and me. So I was 10, she was five at the time. And, um, obviously Jamie, there's been a lot of, uh, trauma, right. And challenges with that, with that, that situation. And, Maybe you've gone through that. Maybe, you know, a listener's gone through that. And, and so you know what that's about. But one of the things that I was blessed with, uh, I didn't realize it then, but looking back, was that we didn't heap financial devastation on top of my already broken family. And I can't imagine what that would have looked like. Right. Mm-hmm. But so many people um, are, are what I say, one tragedy away from total financial devastation. There, there's so many people right now. Uh, and if you're listening to this, there's so many people in your community right now who have assets to protect assets to invest, 
who are one tragedy away because they haven't had conversations with you. They haven't planned properly for these types of situations. And so I, when I got out there and I started showing uh, business owners in general, how to be a better communicator, how to speak powerfully, how to make that emotional connection, how to tell stories. I, uh, I, I fell into working with advisors and I quickly realized why I love working with advisors. And that's because I know the more you can connect with people, the faster you can build that trust, right? The, the more you can get them out of their, their heads, out of their phone and onto you, the more likely they are to work with you and to take your advice. And the more likely they are to not put off the planning decisions that they'd rather have someday, you can get them to make those decisions today. And so, so you really saw the scenario that could have played out and how awful that would have been to have that financial devastation. So really you just kind of showed us firsthand the power of a story, right? I could have asked you to share your credentials and all the accolades and your expertise. Instead, you shared your story, which is why you feel such a personal passion for helping advisors. Yeah, absolutely. And um, well, let's do this as a meta experience right now. So Jamie, I'm curious, you and I just met, like we were put together, we were, we, we had a matchmaker, right? Yes. <laughs> um, we were put together and we laid eyes on each other for the first time, probably when we, when we got on the, the, the Zoom here. How do you feel any differently about me now after hearing my story? Like, do you feel a difference in how much you trust that I really have the advisor's best interest at heart when I'm working with them? Do you like me more? Do you feel more connected to me? Like, what do you feel right now as opposed to three minutes ago? I absolutely do. And it's amazing as I'm sitting here because obviously I believe in the power of story. It's why I wanted to have you come on. I've spent some time on your website. I've read your training information and, you know, you've got the Ted talk logo and all the companies that you've worked with and your honors. And I can see all that on the site. So I knew going into it, that this was your area of expertise, but I've not had you personally relay that story to me. So hearing you say that, and that was short, you know, that really brings it into perspective on why financial advisors, first of all, because this could apply to any entrepreneurs, any business owner, but you have a passion for financial services professionals specifically because you can see how that could have so easily been your family and you want to prevent that from others. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And and so what area, yeah. What area for you went up the most like connect or trust? Um, trust, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So trust to me is why, you know, why would this matter to you? Yeah. Um, and we can have all the expertise in the world, right? But it doesn't necessarily build trust. And I guess that's what I want to ask you about, because as financial advisors, we all feel the need to share our expertise, how long we've been in the business, the alphabet suit behind our yes. names, our credentials, you know, all the things that kind of read like a resume. Yes. How do we get away from that? Because we need to do that, right? So well, how do we, yes how do we get away no. from that and yeah. more into like sharing a story and building that trust? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So basically I just, I just demonstrated, first of all, how you do it, right? Um and you just said it. So, so your credentials as an advisor are table stakes. Okay. Nobody is sitting across from you because they don't think you're credentialed. 
nobody. That's nobody's, fair. Nobody's setting up that Zoom meeting. Nobody's coming to your office. Nobody. So the table stakes are like this person has the credentials. Now what they are, whether it's subconscious or conscious, right? Now what they're deciding is, do I like this person and trust this person enough to want to do business with them? And so I have a story to share here. Yes, please. Um, I was talking to an advisor and we were going through like a coaching session. And he said, when he first got into the business, he would bring people in and he would share, here's my background. Here's how long I've been in the business. Here's the licensure that I have. Here's my designations. You know, here's all these credentials. And he had somebody say once, wow, somebody thinks really highly of themselves, don't they? Oh, and wow. Ooh, that's brutal. Said, Whoa, <laughs> I was really taken aback because obviously it worked against me in that instance. Like yes. they weren't feeling a connection with me. They felt like I was just being a braggart or, yes. you know, just it, he said it, it worked against me. And he goes, I totally changed what I did from then on. Then on. Good for and him. I'm sure that you know, his mindset was the same as what you just explained. Like yeah. people can look up your credentials. I could hop on your website and you see did. of your back. Yeah. Yeah. Most people are going to do yes. that. So you're saying don't waste your time when you've uh-uh. got the face to face. Don't go through it. No, don't feel the need to reiterate it. Like that's no. the number one mistake probably that we're making right off the bat. Right. Yeah. I never talk about my credentials. I, I just don't. If someone asks me, I'm happy to talk about it, but I'm going to assume that they've already checked me out in some way. Like you did, you had already gone to my website. You knew I was credentialed, right? Um, you can right. point people there. They can read that on their own time. You don't need to waste your time and their time with that, with that information. So I think just, you know, move past that. Right. Yes. So we're going to go into interactions with, okay, consumers and we're going to assume they know yes. we're legit. Yes. All right. Let's say that we have the benefit of doing like a seminar presentation or something where yeah. we've got this captive audience and we can incorporate a story. I think a lot of our advisors feel, I don't want to say comfortable because it is uncomfortable. And I want to talk to you about that too, okay. but they feel like they can recognize the opportunity a little more, maybe like as I'm speaking and I'm giving this presentation, let me share my why uh-huh. where I think, and you tell me if you see this too, I think advisors have trouble when they don't have that first opportunity. Now somebody's coming in to talk about something specifically. I kind of have my appointment process, how I do my fact finding. I want to get them talking. When's the right time to share that question? Yes. So let me give you, I love, I don't know. I think most advisors are like me. We love kind of like the step by step. Right. Like here's exactly where you do this. So give me a formula. Yeah. I'm going to give you a formula, but I don't want to be formulaic because I want you as you play with it to figure out what works best for you. But I want to give you a really great starting point. Okay. Okay. So notice, first of all, what I did with you, Jamie, you didn't exactly ask me the question. Why do you do what you do? You said something like, how did you get into this? And notice how I sort of turned that to, well, let me tell you why I love working with financial professionals, right? Like I turn that into the why. So that's, so if someone asks you that question, you can very easily translate that into, yeah, let let me tell you why I do this, right? And share your story. But that's not going to happen most of the time. They're probably not going to come in and be like, how did you do this? So, So this is how my recommendation is. So let's say you're, let's just pretend it's on Zoom, right? 
you're on Zoom and you do your little nicey, nice chit chat. So great to see you. Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Then it's ready to like get into the meeting. Okay. So I would say something like, you know, Jamie, I am thrilled that you're here. And I'm really excited to learn about like what makes Jamie tip, you know, what are your goals? What are your values? And, and, and see how we can marry those two things together. And we're going to spend, we've got 60 minutes together. We're going to spend the majority of me just like asking you questions so we can draw out what's important to you. And along the way, you will probably have some questions for me. You might wonder, you know, how do I do what I do? What do I do? And I'll answer any question you have. But I find what matters most in our relationship is why I do what I do. May I just take two and a half to three minutes to share with you why I do this work and why I'm just thrilled to spend this time with you today. That's excellent. And I think what makes that so easy yeah. is there 90% of that is probably what they're doing anyway. Yes. Let's talk about you. Here's what we're going to do. Yes. Let me see up the agenda. Let me set expectations. And then they just move right into the fact finding and they miss that last, what was it? A sentence maybe where you say, what I find is the most important thing is this, is this. I share that with you? Yes. That's easy enough, right? I think we all yes. feel like we could do that. Yeah. So what I would do is go back to the podcast if you're listening and literally just stop it and jot down exactly what I said. And you are free to use those words verbatim. Obviously your style is going to be different than mine, right? So make it sound like you, but that's the general, that's the, that's the theory, the framework and yep. the same, Jamie, you could use the same exact uh, uh, mindset when you're doing a presentation, right? It could be like, of course, you're yeah. open. So when we teach presentation skills, we want you to open with a bang. We want you to open in a way where you're getting people's heads to get out of their phone, out of what's for dinner and their laundry list of things to do and onto you. So you have your open with a bang, you know, you can share your agenda and then you say, okay, we're going to dive into these amazing strategies in just a minute. But first, you know, I, I want to take a moment and share with you why I do what I do and why I'm thrilled you're here tonight. Right. And then yeah, you can, that's excellent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So next question then, which I'm sure some people are thinking of is what if I don't have a, a big life changing event yes. like that? Yes. Love what if question. I just kind of fell into this business and I just started doing it, but I, I think, I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what my story is. How do we get started and really start thinking about why do I do this? If we're not yeah. real clear on what the one event was. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So when I, so we have a, a service, we have a done for you story creation service, and this is where an advisor will come in and they meet with a story strategist. And that, um, that first session is called the discovery session is where, what I, this is how I describe it to an advisor when they come in. I, I say that we are going to be um, chipping the uh, David out of your marble. You know what I mean by like Michelangelo's yeah, like that. famous quote that he's chipping the David. <laughs> he just knew where to tap, right? To get that's the right, David. That's right. And so that's that's what we know. Like we're highly trained. We know where to tap to get the David. And the David is your beautiful stories that are living inside of your life, right? And we know how to identify the right story with the right angle for your ideal clients. Okay. And so one of the things that I say to the advisor, and I set it up like this, advisors come in and they usually fall into one of three camps. The first camp is they've had something personal happen to them that catapulted them into this career. It could be good or bad. Uh, it usually happened in the first, you know, 25 years of their life, but it could have, it could have been something that happened in the middle of their life. Right. But it's something sure. that happened personally to you. 
The other camp of advisors just fell into the business, right? Like you said, there wasn't any, like they liked math or someone said it'd be a good career. Or they just, I had one advisor say, I got into this on a bait and switch. She thought it was something else. And then it ended up being this, right? <laughs> oh, well, what the heck? I'll just roll with it. Exactly. She's like, I needed to pay my bills and now I love it. It's a calling, right? So, so, so the second group of advisors fell into it, got into it somehow, but they've stayed in it because of the client's lives they've impacted. And so their story isn't about something that personally happened to them. It's something they've seen a client go through that they've helped with. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. That is their reason for getting up every day. And then the third camp have had both situations happen. And when someone has both situations, we always go to the formative, the personal story. We start there. And that's generally the story we're going to go with. Generally, that is the more powerful story, but sometimes it's not. And I do want to really, uh, if you're listening right now, I want you to get over the fact of thinking your story has to be some big, bad, traumatic event to connect with another human being. Mine happens to be that. It does not have to be that. So I have one client whose dad His name is Mark. Uh, He's in the Pacific Northwest and his dad was a financial advisor. And he tells this really beautiful story about growing up working in his dad's business. And he takes them through like licking stamps and filing papers and then greeting clients and watching his dad make this massive impact on the lives of others. And so when he was deciding what he wanted to do when he grew up, he wanted to make the same impact on the lives of others that his dad did. That's a beautiful trust engendering story. And it's authentic. And I think people know when it's authentic, right? Exactly. They they can tell if it's something that was really resonated with you. And he obviously has great memories and that formed what he wanted to do. And that's, that's coming out in his story. So yes, yes. I love that you say it doesn't have to be a big, bad event because I think that's the first place that people go to and they think, well, you know, I've got to, I've got to be willing to share a, a traumatic story. And some people don't have that. And some people might be unwilling to share it or uncomfortable sharing that most likely there is something in there that is formative, that it doesn't have to be some major thing. So, and I like that you say that it could be something from somebody else. We all have people that we've helped and scenarios that we've seen play out, family members, friends, clients, you know, this wealth of experiences that we can draw from. It's just a matter of sharing that. So people can say, Okay. I get why that's important to you. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So I want to talk about the presentation side of this, because when we talk about presentations, I think a lot of advisors think I'm I'm not uncomfortable with that. I can get up and speak. But one of the things that I saw on your website was it's one thing to be willing. It's another thing to be good at it. And You know, I can be comfortable all day long speaking, but if my audience is bored, if they're falling asleep, if I'm reading off facts and figures and statistics, I'm just, I'm missing opportunity there. And that's what we don't want to have happen. I think advisors know how expensive it is to get in front of groups of people, first of all, and we've got one shot to really show I am, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm, if I'm not, not a great speaker, you might think, well, maybe you're not a great financial planner. Like, unfortunately that judgment's happening subconsciously, right? 
Oh yeah. Like what I always say, Jamie, is if you're an A plus advisor, but a B minus speaker, you have a problem. Yeah. There's, there's a perceived gap in your skill set. Yeah. There we go. Perceived gap in your skill set. That's perfect. Yeah. And and so here's the thing. I, and I, and I don't mean to sound like, okay, this is going to sound a little like tough lovey, but you can deal with it. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, or the, you know, the listener can deal with it. Yeah. Just because you're comfortable doesn't mean you're good. Right. Um, just because you can talk doesn't mean you can speak. It's ah, too good. Right. Two totally different things. And so if you have not formally trained as a speaker with a speaking coach, whether it's us or somebody else, you have only scratched the surface of any potential you have. And you are, um, you are stepping over a lot of opportunity in yes. money, impact, in influence. Yes. I could not agree with that more. I've had the privilege of seeing a lot of advisors speak and absolutely they're comfortable and they have great content to share, but the speaking ability, like what you said, that trained ability to really shine and connect with people is missing. and. I I would assume there's a lot more to it than this, but part of that is the inability to create that trust, to create connection, to be entertaining as well as educational, which is where stories come in. Yes. I love it. Do you recommend talking about multiple stories throughout like a presentation or you just share your one big one and then I move on? No. Yeah. So you need to have, so here's the thing. So I, if I could just dial it back, like kind of take a step uh, before this conversation. So I think when people think about being a really great presenter, they think about delivery, right? Like how do I, my eye contact, my body language, my tone of voice, rate of speech, pauses, all that stuff. That's very important. However, um, at, at our company where we start working with clients is on how they structure their content. Because if your content isn't structured well, and it's not well-written, I don't care how good your delivery is, you're limiting yourself. And so the analogy I like to use is, have you ever seen an amazing actor in a so-so movie? Okay. Yeah, right? You have. You've seen an amazing actor in a so-so movie. Why is it a so-so movie? And why will that actor, no matter how good they are, never win an award for that performance? Because they can't rise above the level of the writing. Mm. That's a really good analogy. Yeah, it's a good one, right? Yeah. They can't rise above the level of the writing. So it doesn't matter how great they are. The yeah. content's not there. It's not there. They don't ever get their chance yeah. to shine. Yeah. If the script isn't good, if it's a boring movie, then yeah. it's still a boring movie. It's a well-acted boring movie. Yeah. It's a boring movie, right? Yeah. Okay. So in order to be, and I know a lot of advisors don't like this because it is an extra step of work, but in order to be a great presenter, you have to be a great writer. Now you're probably thinking, oh, but what about compliance? Compliance writes everything for me. They hand it to me, this kind of thing. There's a yes and to that. One of the things that we've done for the last decade is teach advisors in a compliant approved manner how to add their personal style and their personality to the kind of cookie cutter compliance approved talks. Right. And that is where the opportunity for most advisors in. We, we talk about helping advisors identify, create, and present their personal brand stories and personal brand speeches. And what that means is inserting life and what I call curb appeal, right? One house that has curb appeal is gonna sell faster than the one who doesn't. And their their personality and their style into whatever content you're presenting by weaving things like 
story, analogy, activity, props, questions, right? You know, um, action steps into whatever it is they're presenting. And then once we, once we, once we teach an advisor how to do that, then we can work on delivery because now I know that any problem that's left or any up level that's left is actually a pure delivery problem. It's not a structural problem in disguise. Right. So don't you think, don't you think the issue is that most advisors want to take content that's been written for them and say, let me just go and run with that. I'll put my intro at the beginning. I'll put my own personal closing at the end. But the whole bulk of the presentation is somebody else's writing, which it may be good content, but it's not you. It's not personal. It comes across impersonal. And that's what really has to be. And you're right. Advisors aren't going to like that because it's like, well, who has time to go in and do that? But if you have somebody to help you that's knowledgeable, then I would imagine once you kind of get the idea behind how you're going to share what you're going to share, that can apply to multiple presentations. It's not like a, oh, I got to redo that every time I'm going to give a presentation on something. You reuse it, reuse it, reuse it. Absolutely. And you reuse it, not just in presentations, you use it. Let's say you're invited to be a guest on a podcast or write your own podcast, a social media post, uh, videos. You, it's like what we're doing is we're teaching formulas. Yes. Right. And then you just use those formulas through all of your communication. Yep. That's really what it is. It's how do you communicate effectively, which is what marketing is. And arguably marketing is the number one roadblock in our industry. But I think the actual issue is that they just can't separate themselves from all the noise and all the others. They're just focused on the same stuff everybody else is saying. And they're not relaying anything about themselves that says, hold up. Yes. They just said something that makes me want to listen to them. And here's why. Absolutely. That's the stories. Yeah. So like, here's an example. I have a client, Michelle. She's been a client. um, We've been together about seven years and she came to me in, I think it was like 2015 because she heard me speak at an event. I was talking about, you know, leveraging your time, making a bigger impact, bringing in more business through the power of one to many marketing through speaking and doing Mm -hmm. presentations. And at the time she loved, she was trying to do one-to-many marketing. She wanted to like build this big, you know, pipeline. And, um, but every time she got out there, she's like, Deirdre, it just kind of felt like crickets, right? Like, like people, I didn't feel like I was really connecting with people and, um, no one was really raising their hand after the presentation to be like, Hey, we want to, we want to meet with you. We want to work with you. And she abandoned the one-to-many, uh, presentation idea for years because she's like, I felt I was just, it was a time suck. So then we meet. And she, um, she gets out there and, you know, she starts learning some of these formulas and she does her first presentation since she had quit several years ago. And I get this crazy voicemail from her. I'll never forget it. I'm driving. I put on speaker to hear the voicemail. She's like, Deirdre, I just had an out-of-body experience. Call me. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know about you, Jamie. I've never had an out-of-body experience. I don't know what that means, but I'm interested. What does that mean? So I called her. I'm like, what happened? She's like, I did a, I did a presentation last night. It was the first one since, since, since using these formulas. And not only was the audience totally paying attention, but at the end, 90% of the people came rushing up to get on my calendar. There was even one couple who would not sign in from compliance. You know, those people who are like, I'm oh, not yeah. anything. she's like, there's even one couple who wouldn't sign up for compliance. They were the first in line. They ended up being wow. one of the best 
clients actually. And that was like a huge turning point for her. And so she just started rinsing and repeating and using this everywhere she communicates. So now she uses what she learned all over the website in her videos, in her one-on-one meetings, the presentations, right? She actually got good enough that she started getting paid to speak um, and started training other advisors. So um, that's amazing. Yeah. So there's just a lot like this can open when, once you get these skills, what I love about investing in yourself It's not like sending out postcards where you invest $10,000 on a mailer. And then guess what? Next time you want to have an event, you got to invest 10 grand again on the mailer. Like you invest in your skills and they live with you for the rest of your life. Right. In every communication system. And that's when you said like, why do you love this? That's why I love this. I, 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 and I, and I wasn't someone, I used to be someone who was terrified to speak, Jamie, like literally avoided any kind of public communication for 24 years, like wouldn't touch the stage. And I've seen the transformation in my own life. And I used mm-hmm. to not share much of myself. I used to do the credential thing and try to prove myself through case study and story and credentials, and but not stories about myself. And as soon as I started sharing my why story, my career dramatically took an upward spike. Right. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. And who would have thought? I, I speak a lot. And I have given presentations that were somebody else's that I just had to step into. And I think I spoke well, my delivery was fine. I, you know, kind of checked all the boxes, but it was boring. And as a, you know, a a high achiever, you're like, oh, I hate that I was just boring, but I don't, you know, you're like, I can feel it happening. And yet this isn't my content. I don't have anything really authentic to share here. And then you contrast that when you can get in front of people and you can share something that you can incorporate some personal experiences into. And it does make a tremendous difference. My, my son is 13 when he was in, I want to say this was fourth grade. So how old you are in fourth grade, maybe 10, nine, I don't know. Somewhere in there. Yeah. He wanted to run for student council. Um, but he had to get up an assembly in front of the whole school and he had to give a speech as to why you should vote for him. And we had just gone through some, some speaking training and I had a little diagram and we sat down and, you know, I I said, well, here's probably what your, your friends are going to say, you know, they're going to be nervous. They're going to get up and say a few pre-canned things. I said, let's, let's think about this differently. And I said, don't read it, you know, go up there and really have your, why memorized. It might be one of my proudest moments. I mean, he filled out his little diagram, had it all memorized, no note cards, went up there on the stage to the whole school in an assembly. And then of course that was just the, you know, vote for me. Then, then he had to be voted in and he got it. And I mean, this is like your, you know, he's football, he's basketball, he's your sports guy. I thought one, I can't believe he wants to run for student council. And two, that is such a skill set that will stay with him. And now he's in junior high. He had he had an opportunity to be in some class called lead worthy, I think is what it's called. But it's teaching these kind of communication skills. And he didn't want to take it. And I said, oh, you're taking it. No, you're taking it. Personal finance are the two biggest things. Yes. Personal finance and communication skills. That's it. Yeah. If they have those two things down, they can do anything. Yeah. But I think one thing that that has become clear to me is I find more people like you. We're never done with this, right? We can always get better. We can always hone our skills. I mean, 
I'm going to be hitting you up after this because I need more of this. So excellent. I've loved talking to you. If somebody else is feeling like I am right now, like, all right, I'm going to need some personal coaching here. I need some training. What do they do? What are next steps to connect with you? Yeah. So a couple of things. So our website is crazygoodtalks.com. So you can go there. Um, There's a start a conversation button on there. You can click that goes to Lillian on my team. Who's absolutely amazing. So you can have a conversation with her about what the options are and how we can help you. Um, The other is you could just send Lillian an email at connect at crazygoodtalks.com. And connect at crazygoodtalks.com. Yeah. Or just go to crazygoodtalks.com and hit the start a conversation button. Exactly. Yeah. Easy enough. Either one of those, either one. And one thing I want to say, you know, just so you know, like I don't worry about perfection. It's more about connection. Like, I don't feel like today I shared my story as like pitch perfectly as I normally do, but I don't, it's okay. Right. Like you don't, you don't know that. And I don't think you're thinking about like, Oh, she maybe started at this word or she, right. Like it, like, don't get hung up on that piece, you know, get your story down, get the structure down practice it, know what should come when, what, when, and if it's out of order sometimes, or you say something off, like try not to like judge yourself too harshly and mostly just go in there wanting to like, the the point is to humanize your brand. You've got to humanize your brand. And there's a, I was just reading this study. It's a, it's a trends in personal branding study. They were talking about, and I I apologize. I don't have the exact statistic in my head, but it was definitely 55% or more Americans want their financial advisor to have a personal brand. They think they should have a personal brand. Um, They want to know you and they want you to humanize yourself and your business. Um, And this is not just important for client facing conversations. This is important for recruiting team members and for retaining team members. I cannot, I don't think I can overstate how critical this is in recruiting and retention of team that they know your heart they know your why, they are bought into your vision and that they feel connected to you as a human being. Um, with the great resignation going on right now and the future of work and remote work, never before has this been more important. That makes sense. They yeah. wanna know who is leading them and, and know that they feel aligned. Exactly. That's such yeah. good information. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining. I appreciate the info. I hope you'll all go check out more crazygoodtalks.com. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. This is awesome.